just really scary for me living there. I was scared. I was lost, and I felt hopeless. I felt like, don't I deserve to feel happy and Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Locke rolls to his right. Locke throws a ball. In zone catch. Touchdown, Denver. No, he, no. What are they saying? KJ Hamler caught the ball. Now one official. Yes, touchdown. Touchdown, Denver. Holy mackerel. And the Broncos dead in the water in the third quarter. The Chargers, with 7.33 left in the third quarter, had a 24-3 lead. And in such improbable fashion, the Broncos come from behind and beat the Chargers 31-30. to There you go. Locked on, locked on what, man? Well, that's Drew Locke, not David Locke, as the Broncos with a nice victory and your Chargers. I don't know if he's still our Chargers anymore. His Chargers, anyway. We're speaking to DJ. He'll be joining us here in a second. They lose another close game. Herbert looks good, but they just can't find ways to win. The big game of the week was obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers remaining undefeated 7-0. They rallied to beat the Ravens 28-24. Roethlisberger, decent enough game. It's all about winning. It's not about stats anyway. 182 yards, two TDs. thing that I, well, didn't like, obviously, for Baltimore was the four turnovers by Lamar Jackson. You know, Kyle Whittingham has just beat that into our heads. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. It's the most important stat beyond the final score that he looks at and what we saw is Jackson having some turnover issues. I think that, you know, if you win by the the turnover battle, the chances are better than average that you're going to win. But I think it's something like two turnovers. If you have, you collect two turnovers in the other team, so you enjoy a two-turnover margin advantage, your chances of winning are like 78%, and then it just goes up from there. So we get why these Steelers have won, and good for them, man. Now, I wouldn't count the Ravens out by any stretch. They're still going to be in the thick of things when we get there. Although in the AC, I'm still going with the Chiefs. Obviously, they had a day off beating the Jets, basically. That's a bye. Good for them. So the Patriots continue to lose. Cam Newton, late fumble. Lose to the Bills. Bills get back on the winning track. Joe Burrow looks good. The Titans now have lost a couple in a row. The Bengals beating them. You wonder, are the Titans for real? And how about Joe Burrow, man? Certainly his future looks extremely bright. Our Raiders, yeah. You can hear the Raiders games on our station. Lincoln Kennedy, we have him on every Friday. He's the analyst. Brent Musburger is the play-by-play guy. And we have Lincoln every Friday at 8.30. This week we can talk some college football, too. Well, they go back to Cleveland. Weather is just miserable, man. I watched a lot of that game there. And Hunter Renfro catches the lone TD. I didn't think it was reception. I thought the ball skidded along the ground long enough for it not to be a reception. But nevertheless, they call it. Hey, how about the Dolphins? Tui Tagovailoa. Yuck. What'd you think of old Tui? Not all that impressive, but they won the game, huh? Yeah, he'll take his first win in his first start. Why not? So, you said his first win in his first start, which means next week he's going to start again. You know what they're going to call it? Tua time? No, part Tua. Oh, part Tua. Well done. Okay, I like it. <laughs> I've been waiting all weekend. 
You've been waiting to use that one, haven't you? Uh, Seahawks continue to win. Niners get battered, man. Russell Wilson driving towards the MVP. Have you heard DK Metcalf sign off on his interviews? What is it? Russ for MVP. He does it every time he does a media interview. So there oh. you go, your boy. Like Gary Anderson with Go Aggies? Yes, it's, it's <laughs> Russ for MVP is DK Metcalf's sign-off. Well, he looked good, 361 yards, four TDs. Of course, he looked good. The Eagles alone in first place. My Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, that game sucked. Cowboys with the rookie quarterback. What was his name? Guido Sarducci? Darnucci. Darnucci yeah. from James Started Madison at, University. Was at Pittsburgh earlier. You know what was crazy? I was watching that game, and – when he was playing junior high basketball, his coach was Mike McCarthy, Mark McCarthy's brother. Did you see that? I did not see that. I missed that part. Yeah, okay. and I think that uh, Mike's brother is deceased too. Gotcha. Uh, so there was that connection. Yeah, they had a, like a you know the team photo that they put up, and they highlighted where Darnucci was. And you got uh, tonight's game, Tampa Bay. Are they on to something? Have they hit the stride? Playing the Giants, you expect the uh, Buccaneers to win, but you never know. The Giants at home. 6.15 tonight. All right, that's your NFL right here, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag BYU. From the 23-yard line of Western Kentucky, Wilson out of the gun with time. Rifles it down the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown. Dax Mill. Surgical so far for Zach Wilson. First down out of the backfield. Katoa wide open. The cutback inside the 20, the 10, the 5. And he weaves his way into the end zone. Cougars offense stays a perfect four for four tonight. Well, the Cougars promised they weren't going to look past that game, right? That's exactly what Kalani said. Yes, we know what's on the schedule. We know the Broncos are coming up, but we'll be ready for this. And they were ready. It was 35-3 to at halftime. It was over by halftime. Check the box, PK, and move on to the next one. And they did it. Yeah, they did what they had to. Uh, Zane Wilson had an injury. Not sure of the severity. I don't know if I'm missing anybody else. But Zane that's Anderson, important. not Wilson. Did I say Zane Wilson? Yeah, Why did I come did. up with that? Zach Wilson. I'm obviously no, or Russell Wilson. I still got Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson in my mind because yeah. I'm signing off all interviews that I do with Russ for MVP. But Zane Anderson had the injury. I'm not sure of the severity of it, but I don't think anybody else did unless I'm missing somebody. I'm sure there's always bumps and bruises every game, but that's two things in a situation like that. You want to win, look at least halfway decent, which they did, and have no injuries. We'll find out about Zane. Don't call me Wilson Anderson on that one. Do you see the spread for the Boise State game? I did not, no. Want to take a shot? I would only go maybe the Cougars by four. It was uh, Boise State by three. It quickly moved to pick them, and then it bounced back to one point in some of the – so depending on where you look, you can find anything in that range. So, mm. Even yeah. with the injuries to the – well, at least to not playing. Although I don't really care if Bachmeyer plays relative to Jack Sears. Uh, but Hawaii is running back. Sears looked fine at Air Force. He threw a deep right. ball right away and then had all the right. confidence in the world. I think he threw three incompletions all day. And 17 to 20, yeah. Yeah, they, threw, they, were, they scored 49 points on just 49 plays. So that offense didn't look like it missed a beat. You well, know? the running back wasn't there. So I don't know what his situation is. So I think it's more the running back rather than Sears. Sears, even though he doesn't have a lot of playing experience, he's a veteran. 
And he's one of these guys that, you know, I heard about in high school. He went to San Clemente, same high school as Travis Wilson, same high school as Sam Darnold. That's a quarterback factory in that area we know. I don't know. He probably works with some guy named Beck. But he doesn't have to drive 10 hours. He only has to drive 10 minutes, so that's even better. That's not as good a story. It's not going to be mentioned as often, <laughs> no matter how many minutes they have spent on a field to get. And I, hey, he got in his car, and he drove 10 minutes, and it should have been six, but traffic was brutal. Hit a red light. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> his time in the red lights was horrific. But I agree with you that in terms of whether it's Bachmeyer or Sears, you know, their big thing uh, reading up yesterday on Boise stuff was oh, so, so Harson basically pulling a, Whitting, pulling a Whittingham, so then they don't they have to prepare for two. Well, okay, you do, but I think that in terms of productivity, I'm not sure that it really matters because he went there. That was a great pickup for them. Obviously, right off the bat, they probably beat Air Force either way, no matter who they had, because that other kid, what's the other kid's name, Cord? I mean, he's been a winning quarterback, too. So I think they're fine there. We'll have to see about the running back who ran for over 1,000 yards as a freshman. I think that could be a blow. But the quarterback, I don't think it's that big of a deal. How good is BYU going to be at running the ball? We heard uh, B.J. Reigns, the beat writer, uh, works up in Idaho, covers the Broncos. He's come on the show a couple times here. And he was saying that... Uh, you know, the defensive line, the offensive line, the, the, the skill players, the secondary, they're good. And so I've got that rattling around my brain, and I turn on the Boise State Air Force game, and Air Force goes running down the field for two early touchdown drives, including a fullback dive that goes 50 yards. So I'm thinking, well, is, is BYU going to be able to break big plays in a running game? Because there's clearly, we were told there's some vulnerability there. Now I'm watching some Air Force fullback go for 50 yards, right? Now, Boise State got a handle on it as the game progressed, and we know Air Force had more than 30 guys opt out. That, that's something the sideline reporter has to say at the start of every game. So brace yourself for that, right? And then it's how many guys are out each week on top of that. So for the opener, I think it was 40 guys total. I think it was 39 total for this second game. So, but they, and they were missing four starters, three of them on offense. So Air Force was shorthanded, and Boise State took it to them. All right, more on that game coming up. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. The Aggies have really no time. Ten, nine, eight seconds, seven seconds, five seconds. DH, finally, Shelly wants to throw. Steps up in the pocket, needs to get rid of it. Throws deep down the end zone. He's got a guy there, and it is. Did he catch it? Yes! Touchdown! Are you kidding me? Holy smokes! What a snag in the corner of the end zone! DT, are you with me? What a catch in the corner of the end zone! Shelley leads him to the corner of the end zone. Tompkins stretches out. That's a score! Here comes Baker once again. And another inside handoff. And off to the races is Bird. And Bird might go to the 50, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. They won't catch him. Bird's got a score. And the Aztecs continue to pile up the points here in Logan. And the Aztecs end up dominating the entire second half of that game and blowing a close game in halftime wide open. San Diego State wins 38-7. PK, the number in the game, though, Utah State gave up 407 yards rushing. 200 is a big day. 300 is enormous. And when you give up 407 yards, Gary Anderson went right at it in the postgame. They just got dominated up front. 
Yeah, they did. I mean, Scotty just had the only highlight, basically, offensively. Through two games, they have no offensive identity, and that's not me talking. That's Gary Anderson talking. Uh, they're not good enough to play with the teams that they've played, Boise State and San Diego State. And in my mind, if I'm a San Diego State alum, I am donating for the statue for Rocky Long because that was a classic Rocky Long game. I mean, they ran the bell guys, ran the ball 400 yards. It's just enormous, but that's what he's always done. It's just that, you know, he won't get the run. He's not there anymore, but he, he because San Jose State's not a P5, but we know the job that he did and winning uh, last five years, winning double digit victories in four of them. And the other one, I think it was seven and six. But just phenomenal in this program right now. We'll see if Brady Hoke can continue it. I don't know. But this program is in a great spot, and they just dominated, just absolutely dominated, particularly in the second half. Now, in the first half, they kept missing field goals to allow uh, Utah State to stay in it. Utah State, the schedule will take a big drop now. I think, in my mind, clearly those were the two best teams that they'll face all season right off the bat. But they got to find a way to do something. They didn't have Warren, their big running back. Not that he's big physically, but he's their best running back. He didn't play. Uh, Shelley, just awful numbers two games in a row in the throw game. So, I mean, they've got to regroup and get to work. They got uh, Utah State's got Nevada coming up on Thursday. And I think you're right. I think that the, the Aggies open with probably the two best teams in the league. And if not, it's because Nevada is, because these look like the three best teams in the league to open it. Now, Step down, sure, but uh, Nevada beat UNLV 37-19. They're 2-0 because they beat Wyoming in overtime in the opener. It's a Thursday game. they got to travel Wednesday. They can't practice Tuesday, so I don't know what's going to get them to snap out of it, but they, just, they haven't been competitive here in these first two games, and it doesn't. It may be a little easier, but not enough easier. They have got to play better. I don't know. You, you see him get shoved around by that, and you just wonder what, what can change before Thursday. Maybe it's just uh, it's not an X's and O's and practice things. These guys just sitting down and thinking about either you compete a lot better or you keep taking these beatings. Does it matter to you enough? Do you have enough talent? Because th- th- these two games, it's been awful. It, it can't have been any fun to take this beating on the field. It hasn't been fun for Aggie fans to watch. There, there is a hill to climb. Point spread out on this one. Uh, this was a weird one, PK. It opened. You want to take a shot at it? it? It moved big time, and I don't know why. Oh, I would have no idea why, but I would say Nevada in the 12 range. It was 27 in the mm-hmm. open. I went back and looked like a second time and a third time. I'm like, is that a typo, and they're going to fix it? Because then it dropped down to 14, so I don't know what the heck's going on. But That's more realistic to yeah, me. That's yeah, that's what I thought, too. I thought 27 was an enormous number. I don't, I don't know what was going on. But now there's multiple lines out that say uh, in the 14 range, 14 and a half, 13 and a half, that kind of stuff. So, All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Sam has it. Back to throw on second down. Looks. Fires over the middle. Ball caught. Touchdown, Texas. Joshua Moore. Right down the scene, Moore split two defenders, and the Longhorns strike first in overtime. Yeah, once again, Sam Ellinger got just enough time in the pocket to step up, and well, you're right, Moore coming over the middle, made a little move to the out, cut back in, and boy, a nice job of holding off. He took a pretty good hit in the end zone. Spencer Sanders has the snap, blitz coming. Sanders looks, being chased, circles around, he goes down! Joseph Osai wraps him up. This game is over! Texas has beaten six-ranked Oklahoma State in Stillwater. 
So I thought there were two, maybe three games that really jumped out from Saturday in college football. One of them was obviously sixth-ranked Oklahoma State losing that game to Texas in OT. Everybody in the Big 12 has a loss. Oklahoma State's the only team that doesn't have a second loss. So check the Big 12 off. It doesn't, I mean, 2020's weird, but under any normal circumstances, the Big 12 is out of the playoff hunt. Now, does that open a chance for the Pac-12, or does it more likely open a second, a spot, a second spot for someone in another league? Maybe it's a Clemson-Notre uh, Dame deal, because Clemson dug a 28-10 hole. They were down to Boston College. They were struggling, jumping off sides on fake field goals, getting drawn off. It was weird. But talent eventually prevailed, and Clemson came back to win 34-28. But Dabo Sweeney says Trevor Lawrence, who did not play against BC, will not play against Notre Dame, so the battle of the unbeatens will go on. Clemson won't have their star quarterback. Does set it up that if they lose the game and then get him back and run the table and beat Notre Dame and they're both one-loss teams, it would be easy to see the ACC getting two teams in, PK. Long way to go, but not that hard to visualize. Well, this year the ACC being the second Notre Dame, otherwise than that, a couple of things there is that uh, Oklahoma State losing in overtime to Texas and we're going to eliminate them. I mean, then it's a joke. The playoff is a joke anyway. I don't see where the Big 12 is completely and totally eliminated just because Oklahoma State lost one game in overtime and all of a sudden they're out. That doesn't make any sense to me. Nevertheless, it might be true, but it still doesn't make any sense to me. That's why they need to get at least six, if not eight teams and all five power fives get an automatic into it so you don't have to worry about that. Losing by you know, to Texas in overtime should not be an elimination if that's your only loss. And then Clemson, yes, Clemson does have his star quarterback. It's just Uyanga Lale. I mean, he is their star quarterback. And this kid is a five-star kid. He came out of St. John Bosco. That's in Bellflower, which is a suburb of Long Beach, basically. And same school that uh, Josh Rosen went to. They are very, very good in football. Neither of those guys, uh, certainly uh, Josh Rosen grew up in Manhattan Beach, and uh, Bellflower is not next door by any stretch. And I don't think uh, Uyanga Lake grew, uh, grew up in the Bellflower area also. But they're going there for a specific reason. This kid has got all sorts of talent. So they're going to have their star quarterback. He's just not Trevor Lawrence. And I know the kid's only a freshman. But he's, he's going to be good. They're going to be fine at quarterback there. I mean, that's not going to be their issue if they should lose that game. In fact, I don't think they will lose that game. I think they'll actually win that game. And the great thing, you know, I watch a lot of college football. Obviously, we all do. But I love the ex-coaches who are now in an analyst role. Uh, not just during the game. I'm not talking during the game, but like the pregame, the halftime, the highlights. The freshman, DJ, the young fella, DJ, Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to say Uwe Angolale. <laughs> it's true. Nobody would touch it. And then Joe Tessitore, who is calling the game, gets up there and all of a sudden everybody starts peeing after he kind of puts the pronunciation guide out there. <laughs> I'll say it, but I'm not going first. Uwe I mean, you just got to look at it and get the phonetic spelling. And we're used to poly names, and those guys in other parts of the country aren't as used to it, but... And I've known about this. This kid's a bona fide big time stud. I mean, you're going to go. He lives out there in the Moreno Valley, the Inland Empire, they call it. And you go all the way to Clemson. You're not going all the way to Clemson unless you're the man. I wouldn't think you are. And I think he's going to be just awesome. But Lawrence, you know, it's a blow not having him. But I'm not not saying that he's now not the favorite to win the Heisman. They're looking at Mac Jones and Justin Fields as uh, the co-favorites. And then I think if you take Lawrence out of it, 
then I think Wilson, Jack, Zach Wilson, is the third. His odds are like 30 to 1. And the fields looked really good again for Ohio State. So in my mind, it would be if Lawrence doesn't get it, it's between those two quarterbacks that I just mentioned. Well, Trevor Lawrence, 35 and 1 as a starter. I'm waiting for the uh, career achievement award for him and the Heisman. Uh, fields, you're right, though. He threw for over 300 yards. He had four touchdown passes. Ohio State handles Penn State. 38-25, and another game in the Big Ten, Michigan State, beats Michigan. So Harbaugh, every time he loses a rivalry game, the stat goes up, and he's, what is he, 1-5. He's 1-6 now at home against the, uh, against the Big Three in the East. And it just, uh, there's a ton of pressure on him, and Michigan State looks so bad in the first game. But, again, you make your most improvement, PK, between weeks one and and two, and I'm going to start with a conference game instead of a little more forgiving money game. Uh, I guess you can say, well, this is why coaches want to start with money games. <laughs> well, yeah, but Michigan, I mean, Michigan State was, improved dramatically. But I don't know how much improvement they made. I mean, they just had they had seven turnovers against uh, Rutgers. Rutgers. That'll, yeah. that'll wreck the average game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. NBA fears that delaying the start of the upcoming season until January could cost the league an additional $500 million, maybe as much as a billion dollars in revenue losses next season and beyond. The Players Association and the NBA still at odds over a start date. Uh, December 22, so you can play on Christmas. Seems to be favored by the league. Obviously, the TV networks will write a bigger check if you give them five games on Christmas Day. Uh, ABC usually gets a game, and ESPN gets a couple more, and then TNT gets a couple games. So uh, there's some uh, there's some money changing hands there, and then just in general, uh, there's several more TV dates and blah blah blah. Or you can do what the Players Association wants, and that seems to be starting right before MLK Day because that's another big TV day for the networks, and it doesn't look like they're going to have fans in the stands. Certainly not in any big number uh, for these first uh, first few weeks of the season. But can you start it a few weeks earlier? Complete the NBA Finals before the Summer Olympics. Try to get back onto a semi, somewhat, little more normal schedule after getting thrown off last summer. No, start whenever you start. I'm not going to get involved I'll, in this. I'll be there when you start. Let me know. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni is going to be an assistant in Brooklyn under Steve Nash. Ah, reunited, PK. It's a long way from Phoenix, baby. Yeah, and they and got Stoudemire. Uh, Amar Stoudemire, too, and those were the big two, big three, basically. If they can add Sean Marion, they would be complete. And so they've just done the reverse. You know, I went from Jersey to Phoenix. They're going from Phoenix to Jersey. Eventually, it all come around. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. This is a good time to opt into a contract, PK. A lot of financial uncertainty out there, so if you have a chance to pick up a big pile of guaranteed money, Giancarlo Stanton, who's had back injuries and, uh, and missed uh, miss games in uh, not just this past 60-game shortened season, but the year before that. So he's got seven guaranteed years and $218 million, and he's opted in. And J.D. Martinez in Boston opted in for uh, $19.3 million. Uh, hit 213. That is a really low number for a $19 million deal. So he went ahead and opted in because the market would have uh, not been nearly as good. Not Nobody close. said they were dumb. Right. <laughs> I'm not walking away from that. I'm opting in, big guy. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. 
A familiar script. RSL gives up a goal in the first 20 minutes. Falls behind by two goals. Did score this time. First time they got an only goal they've scored in the last three games. But they lose 2-1. to one. Colorado wins, so they are eliminated from the playoff race. Crashing out, PK. 2-7-2 and two in the last 11 games. Only eight points. Started going bad, and they just could not turn it around. Yeah, you know, I had to watch a good portion of that game, and you guys were talking about listless, lack of energy. The fans were talking about it. Cool header, though. You can yes. tilt your head and make it get in the corner. I don't know that I can do that. I th- that hurt my neck watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, RSL has one game left. They're going to host uh, Sporting Kansas City. It won't, won't uh, mean much to RSL, but it'll mean a lot to Sporting because along with Seattle and Portland, those three are fighting for the top three seeds. And depending on where you finish, you're lined up for one home game or two or three. So there'll uh, they'll definitely be something at stake uh, next Sunday at 430. All right, DJ and PK, that is what is trending. It is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Utah player availability at 8 o'clock. And PK, in that that hour, uh, some big names. Brent Keithy is going to speak. Britton Covey is going to speak. Kyle Whittingham. Uh, speaks all the time, and he's slated for about eight thirty. Right in the first middle of it. press conference of the year officially. All right, there it is. Yeah, because this uh, yeah. isn't a this isn't a preseason deal. Now this is Monday, no. a game week. PK, this is game week. And I was talking to Paul Kirk, their sports information uh, director over football over the weekend, and they will keep this schedule during the season in terms of the mornings. You were asking Correct. about that. Oh, the difference yep. being that Tuesday with the election, that they aren't going Tuesday, but next week, as I understand it, it'll be Monday and Tuesday, and it'll be Monday, Tuesday in the mornings as far as Kyle goes the rest of the season. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utes are coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Utah State football coach Gary Anderson at 9.30, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. What music reminds you of sports the most? Polka. Why? No reason. <laughs> that was That's on. another Cougar! First down! <laughs> uh, How about them jazz? <laughs> I can't think of any kind of music that I would dislike more than polka music. Oh, yeah. See, this just... Wasn't this playing in the shot heard around the world? <laughs> Giants win the pennant! The Giants win the pennant! I dreamed of that night with you. <laughs> exactly. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. $33 off your plumbing, your heating, or your electrical. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. The question of the morning, BYU now firmly inside the top 10 in the polls. Ranked number nine in the AP media poll, ranked number nine in the coaches. 
UPI. Oh, wait, that's the old days. In the coaches poll, which is in multiple sponsors, whatever. So ninth in both polls. Where can they top out at? How high can they go, PK? How much faith do you have in your Cougars? Or more importantly, how much faith do you have in the voters to pump them up? Because I'm thinking they're going to top out six or seven. They could get, they could go up a couple more, but Pac-12 teams, people can start voting for them now because they're going to start playing this Saturday. The Big Ten's starting to pile up wins, so they're going to start voting uh, for those teams. Now, maybe the Big Ten will beat itself up, and Ohio State's already up at number three. It has. Yeah. So, but who behind them? You know, Penn State's taking a hit. Who else can go on a run? Wisconsin. Nobody. Indiana. No. Michigan State's already got an embarrassing loss, and then they gave Michigan an embarrassing loss. Check. Check. Minnesota's gotten their butts kicked? Yes. So, uh, no. I mean, Ohio State, yeah, they're the big dog. And, and they're already in front of them. They're going right. to be in yeah. the playoff. Right, right, right. But I think the Cougars can get as high as five. And maybe it's because I have a little bias, but I think that Boise State and San Diego State are really good tests. And they only got three games left. Hopefully Tom can add someone. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll do whatever he can. I have complete and total confidence if he can get it done, he will get it done. Uh, but you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. We saw where the Big Ten tried to go, Nebraska anyway, tried to go around the Big Ten, Chattanooga, <laughs> and they just squashed that big yep. time like a bug on the floor. They won't yeah, no. let that happen. So I wouldn't assume they would allow that to happen with BYU, even though BYU obviously is a much higher profile than Chattanooga is. We understand that. But the principle, if it stays the same, they're out. Uh, Pac-12 every freaking year they beat they beat themselves up. We've seen this. This is not new news. In fact, it's it's news if it's not that way. Right off the bat, we can see one or two things that we would consider upsets. Um, Stanford beating Oregon in my mind is not the shocker of all shocks. Obviously, if the Devils go over to the Coliseum and win again, not the shocker of all shocks. Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect uh, the Utes to lose to Arizona. Uh, so uh, that that would be a, that would be a, certainly a surprise, uh, maybe along the lines of shocking too, but really not under the circumstances with all the new Utes. Now I think they'll still be good, and they'll overcome that inexperience that they have because they've got experience. They've got a, a fair amount of experience just uh, in one particular position. They don't have a whole lot, and that's defensive backfield. But if you look at their front seven, their linebacking core, they've got it, and then. Up front, they've got it. So put pressure on the quarterback, and that releases the burden on the back end a whole lot. You know, obviously, and they'll find ways to do all that stuff. As they say, they'll dial up blitzes, dial up. That's always the phrase that you use there. So anyway, I expect the Pac-12 to cannibalize because it always does. And I'm not talking about BYU getting into the playoff. I just don't see that. I just don't see where they're going to allow it. But I view Boise and San Diego State as solid tests. Uh, and to me, this year, based on what I've seen, and not just this year, obviously, because it's just one or two games, in the case of both the Aztecs and the Broncos, it is two games we've seen. But it's the fact of looking back to what they were last year, what they were the year before. Now, for the Aztecs, as I said, for the last five years, they've won double-digit victories. Come on, man. And then two years ago, I think they went 7-6, and six, but everything else... So that, that program is on extremely solid footing. And Boise has, seems like they've been on extremely solid footing for 20 years. So those are two really good games. 
And I don't care that they're not P5. That, that, that doesn't matter to me. I, and that's where my bias comes in because I follow these programs because we have to for work. Naturally, you would do it anyway because you have that interest. I probably wouldn't as much at the Mountain West. But because it's requirement of my job, I've seen the Aztecs play both games, and they look pretty good to me. And so those are good tests. So the schedule, yeah, the schedule is not, you know, what it was, and it wasn't uh, seven, eight games of strong, solid tests. Houston losing didn't do him any favors. Navy continues to lose. So the schedule right now is weaker than it was uh, at this time last week. Looking back, looking forward now, and you throw Northern out, and was it North or North? Northern. I think it's just North, North Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, put them off to the side. That's that game. That's the game that everybody plays in September, but the Cougars play it in November, and we understand why they do it. Uh, so we give them that one game because it seemed like everybody else has it. They just have it much earlier in the season, and they get it later, and they put it on BYU TV at noon or 1, whatever it is, and away you go. But the other two games, man, if they win both these games – those are huge wins, and they should move up. Now, obviously, if they lose, that puts a major dent in it. It's like the balloon is out of air if you lose to Boise Friday. And they very well could lose. Boise's an excellent team, and they could lose that. You know, I'm, I'm geeked for it. It's only Monday morning, and we've got to go till Friday night. And I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that game. Okay, but part of moving up is catching the teams in front of them. So how much do you believe in those teams? Because BYU can win games, and, and Boise State can be good, but they don't usually leapfrog a team that wins over another team that wins. They do occasionally, but there usually isn't much of that. So uh, how much higher can they go depends on how much you think these teams in front of them are going to beat each other up. How much would a number 4 Clem, uh, if number 4 Notre Dame loses to number 1 Clemson, how far are they going to fall? Now, you know we don't know if they're going to lose by a point, a touchdown, 30 points if Clemson's going to put it on them. So you got to factor all that in. Is Georgia going to oh, lose yeah. again? Uh, they're number five. Cincinnati looks good. They are working people, and they get to work Houston this week. And I would think that they are going to off what we've seen from these two teams so far. I would think Cincinnati's going to win that game by a couple of scores, maybe more. Um, there's no line on it, so I wonder if there's some injuries. I'm not following either one of those clubs close enough. But Texas A&M and Florida are 7-8, and eight, a couple other teams that BYU could get. And do you think that the teams behind them will leap over them? Looking at you, Miami, no. Wisconsin, and Oklahoma State. No. You were just sticking no. up no. for Oklahoma State in the last, uh, in the last segment. You know, can they, can they win out? If they win out, I think there's a decent chance that they'll jump over BYU. I'm not convinced they can win out, but... They, they got a game with Kansas State and Oklahoma back-to-back. Oh, no, because they have a bye in between. But those are their next two games, and they're on the road. They could easily lose one of those. Big 12 title game is looming out there, too. Yeah, just for clarity's sake, I wasn't sticking up for Oklahoma State. I'm sticking up for, for the, the concept of Oklahoma right. State losing one game in the Big 12 in overtime, and it's Texas, and that, that shouldn't throw you out of contention to me. That's so because I think there's such a thing as style points or complexion of the game, and I think there's style points from the negative too. We think of style points, the phrase that we use from the positive. But you were talking about Notre Dame. If yep. Clemson goes in there and wins by 25, well, Notre Dame should drop a bunch. But at the same time, too, if those other teams that you just mentioned that are behind BYU could leapfrog BYU, then the Cougars ought to be able to leapfrog the teams that are ahead of them because if they go up to Boise and win by 21, that's a really good win, man. This is a, this is a great game. 
This is a highlight game. It's uh, uh, Craig Thompson using your brain there and seeing with uh, Air Force playing Army, you become uh, an odd number to league uh, team. You know, a league. Uh, what am I looking for? Odd team league in terms of uh, because they uh, Air Force goes out of the conference then, mm-hmm. and so use your brain. Put BYU on the schedule. BYU and Boise. It's a great, great series. You know, it's developed into one of those series. It, it doesn't get the run because, you know, everything back east, you start at New York and you work your way forward and are, are westward, and it seems that the, You get less run the further west you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's just the way it is. But we know that this is a great series. The games have been tremendous. It's given identity to both, and we've been in, you know, I've been to Boise a bunch of times for work. I've actually even gone up there for a little vacation once, but I've been there many times for work over the years, and we know that that community gets jacked over this game, and so it's a great series, and it's going to be tough to win. It's going to be tough to win for either team, and obviously what we know what Boise uh, did last year coming into Provo, and that kept them out of a New Year's Day, so you'd know very well that Boise wants to not only just keep BYU out of it, but put themselves in position to get back to it. It's gigantic. So you don't buy him going top four because they had to put him in a platform. No. Yeah, here's the other thing. Not only do you have to look at who can BYU jump, what are they going to be rewarded for these games, assuming they win them, which is certainly not a guarantee, but assuming they do, when how high would they go? And then also, who behind them is likely to catch him? And then the third thing you got to factor in is the rankings we're going on right now is the media poll. The coaches poll does have uh, the exact same result, but largely people go on the media poll. But everybody's going to switch over to the rankings that the committee provides when they start ranking teams in a few weeks here. So is BYU going to take a hit on strength of schedule there or get pumped up or, you know, how, how is this going to work? I would think that that thing usually pumps up power five teams, you know, Cincinnati at six, BYU at nine, uh, coastal Carolina at 15 could all take hits when that thing comes out. I don't see BYU taking a big hit there. I think in terms of the playoff, we're just looking for the fourth team. I think in my mind, clearly Alabama and Ohio State are in. Now, Clemson's a little bit of a wild card with the Trevor Lawrence uh, situation. We understand that. But as I was saying earlier, I think they're going to be fine on that. You know that the Boston College took advantage of a fluke play. It was a high handoff into uh, ETN, yeah. and they returned it, what, 96 yards or whatever. And uh, so that padded their their score. They didn't score at all in the second half, if I remember correctly. You do. They, they had the 28-13 lead at halftime, and then that was it. So clearly Clemson got serious there. So my point being is that I think three of the four spots of the playoff are locked up. Uh, and what I mean by that, if it's not Clemson, then it's Notre Dame. <laughs> so what's the difference? You know, either ACC is going to get a bid, and it's either going to be Notre Dame or Clemson. And it very well could be both if they look at that. If Clemson goes into South Bend and loses a close, very close game in the way Oklahoma State did, and then Lawrence comes back and then they smoke the rest of the ACC. Uh, doesn't take a lot of imagination. To right. get them in. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to see how that would play out. Right. Right, so we're not talking. I don't. I don't think that you know it goes back to the Lavelle line in '96. It's third party. Well, it's the same type of thing now. It's third party, but you, you really can't control that. You know, so what's the point of worrying about that? If BYU wins out and beats these two very good ball clubs that they have left on their schedule, and 
gets a, a, a nice P5 opponent in a bowl game and wins that, if I'm a BYU fan, I'm good to go. And you all can have your party. You can crown whoever you want. <laughs> uh, crown them. <laughs> fine. Uh, nice. But to me, there's, they're in, the, in the immediacy, there's a lot to have from that. This, this game is huge on many, many fronts because BYU needs to prove itself, and this is a great test. And then give, give those Latter-day Saint recruits Give them more ammo. You don't need to go to Stanford. You don't need to go to Utah. Come here, man. We're building something. With the missionary program, Kalani can spell, uh, spin. It, it took me a few years to get going, and but we got going, and look where we're at now. Come be a part of this. Represent your church. Use the church angle as a recruiting angle. I have no problem with that. Whatever angle you can use, use it. You know, I wouldn't put it as number one. I had a guy uh, uh who served as an LDS bishop, whose son played at Utah and played there for all four years very recently. And he told me that uh, when Bronco came in to his home that it was all about the church stuff. And the guy was actually turned off. Now, this is a – I don't want to give it away too much, but this guy played a little college ball himself. And he he literally told me, he said, I can handle the LDS portion of it. Give me, give me some more football. And the kid ended up going to Utah and was a nice player for Utah. So uh, I've got no problem using religion as a recruiting tool. I just wouldn't use it as the number one recruiting tool, nor would I hammer it over and over again. But certainly use it. And so with that in mind, that's something. So it's in the immediacy for this season. It's recruiting. And then I think it helps your brand as we get closer to the TV renegotiations in 2024 Get your name out there as far as even your name is already out there, obviously, but get it more out there in terms of you guys got to consider us. Look at all that we bring to the table. There's some what we'll perceive as negatives with the Sunday play and all that stuff, but we bring a lot of positives to the table. So I don't want to just put everything on the outcome of the Boise State game because that's not realistic but clearly in my mind this is the most important game that Kalani Sitaki has ever led his team into yeah you don't want to put everything on it because it's not realistic but as Nate as the losses pile up for uh, Navy who's now three and four and Houston who's two and two you know the shines coming off those they have they have brand names but how many games you lose in any given year so That'll get used against BYU. Uh, those two teams are going to lose more games going forward. They could both well lose this week because not only is Houston playing Cincinnati, but Navy's playing Tulsa, and Tulsa looks like they're pretty good. So, yeah. So I, I think in a lot of ways it does come down to these two games. You know, these are the two marquee games. These two teams are both off to two and zero starts, and it looks like they're both going to pile up a lot of wins against the bottom and the middle yep. of the conference. They've largely been protected from playing the top of the conference. Uh, just the way they're scared. They don't play each other unless they run into each other in the commerce title game. So, uh, you know, they, I think they will. There is a lot riding on this on, on yep, this yep. game, you know, and, and they're assuming BYU wins. Then there will be a lot riding on the San Diego State game uh, with this schedule. Yes. One loss. They're going to get penalized big time. Well, you know how big of a deal this game is, because on Friday for the Cougars, I'm fasting. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback, a lot of you are weighing in on Twitter and Facebook. We will get to that next. Stay with us.
and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. The question of the morning, BYU's ranked nine in both polls. What do you think they can top out at? How good can it get? And PK, people just couldn't follow directions. <laughs> they wanted to talk about everything else. They wouldn't. I want a number, people. <laughs> I'll get I'll get what I'm giving and I'll like it. They're not giving me a number. Barry kicks the can down the road, says, we'll know just how good they are after Boise State. Barry, I wanted a number. Al says, well, starting this week, you fans can start commenting on their teams. Al, I wanted a number. (laughs) 8675309. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny (laughs) Two-Tone. Vernon says they have to beat Boise before we can be considered in the top ten. They have to play like they did against Houston or we will lose. Boise will bring it because it's a revenge game for them from last year at our place. Vernon. That comes from Vernon Ray Johnston. Vernon, we are going to have a question about BYU and Boise State later this week. Right now, Vernon, I want a number. People aren't taking direction here. They're doing whatever they want, PK. It's chaos. Well, I figured that that would lead into it because there's some sense of – fraudulent ranking there in some people's eyes. And, you know, if you want to hit the schedule, I think you got a better argument today with Navy losing again. Yep. SMU just kicked the crap out of them, didn't they? And then uh, Houston losing. Houston is really a big blow because it looks like Navy isn't going to be all that good this year. No. Uh, SMU actually, won. SMU won fifty-one thirty-seven, and now Navy yeah. turns around and goes to Tulsa, which seems like there's a real good chance of three and five. Right, and so we understand. And looking at the way BYU beat Navy, that just indicated that Navy wasn't any good. You would have had maybe more respect if it wasn't so much of a lopsided win. Uh, but with that in mind, Houston losing. It's a blow to any type of, well, BYU's played a decent schedule, or at least the schedule isn't as bad as we think. Yeah, that, that, that stuff's sort of out the window. Although I, think, I do think UTSA is better than people want to assign them just because they're UTSA. But nevertheless, it's all about what you got. Because now two of the next three games that are currently scheduled, let's see if there's more, those are formidable opponents. Absolutely they are. They're as good as BYU played for many, many years when they were in the WAC slash Mountain West. Yes. Now the question is, are they going to be good enough to win the game? Of course. That is is looming out there. And how will they be rewarded if they win it? You know, if you want to say the rankings are fraudulent, I would just tell you, well, the whole season's bizarre. You know, they're, they're being compared in the rankings against teams that, as we sit here right now, have played zero or one game. There's no other season you can say that about. They are they are one spot in front of Wisconsin in the media poll, and the Badgers are 1-0. And Oregon is three spots back, and Oregon still hasn't kicked off yet. So uh-huh. it's it's a bizarro ranking, to be sure. Yeah, but it's a bizarro year. There is, there is nothing else to compare it to. I guess you can throw Indiana into the mix. Indiana's at 13. They're 2-0 with the win over Penn State. You know, how good are they? They're four spots behind BYU. So how are the voters supposed to weigh all this? When the committee starts ranking teams, you know, things, things may change pretty quickly. 
And by then, we'll have a, a couple more data points. That's the phrase, PK. Data points. I have a couple more games here to judge these teams on. All right, DJ and PK, nine, uh, 8 o'clock hour. We're going to hear from Utes. Kyle Winningham's coming up at 8.30. And after that, we'll get to uh, the players and see what they have to say as they get ready for Arizona on Saturday. Talking Utah football coming up. Gary Anderson at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.